the SAG-AFTRA strike has reached 100 days. Taylor Swift is still number one at the box office. And we get new trailers for Napoleon, Ferrari, Saltburn, and most horribly, anyone but you. Let's break down this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to another episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Another episode of Movie News, where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. We got a boatload of trailers. Nine trailers were released this week, as well as news about the strike and some upcoming releases. But let's get into the box office. Now, Taylor Swift is still crushing it with Queen. a $32 million second weekend for the Eras Tour concert movie. Absolutely dominating the box office. This is great news for theaters. And Christopher Nolan even came out and spoke about how this is a testament to the power of theatrical releases. And hopefully, hopefully studios are taking note, he said. How many times have you seen it, Anthony? So many times. So many times. <laughs> too many times to count. I know. I just don't know. It's all I've been doing. <laughs> I'm broke now. So congratulations to that and that and their team. Like we said, this is going to be the first of many musical concerts, or maybe even it's seen, not the first. Maybe, but like yeah. co- upcoming. Yes, yeah. So of like huge stars. Mm-hmm. Like we never had like a star this. This has big. never happened before. The last like <laughs> couple decades, really. I mean, when was the last one? There, um, Taylor uh, Taylor Swift hasn't. This is her first one. Bieber did one like ten years ago. That's right. Bieber. Selena Gomez huge. did one like six years ago. We should do one. We should, yeah. We'll make six hundred dollars. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> six hundred dollars we didn't have yesterday. But then second place, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon pulled in an estimated twenty-four million dollars at the box office, and we love this movie so much. We have an episode dropping tomorrow. It's going to be spoiler-free for about the first thirty minutes. So if you haven't seen Killers yet, you can still tune into the episode tomorrow. But we can't recommend checking it out enough. It is. An epic in every sense of the word. Martin Scorsese directed his entire ass off because he's the best ever. <laughs> that entire little ass. That little little five foot four ass. <laughs> now I ex- I expect Killers of the Flower Moon to have a really great second weekend because a lot of people aren't factoring in the fact that Spider Man Two was released on Thursday. <laughs> all the film bros have been playing it. <laughs> exactly. So all the film bros were playing Spider Man Two. The new they'll, video game. They'll finish the game midweek this week if they haven't, if they haven't already, and then they're gonna see Killers of the Flower Moon because. I saw lots of posts of friends of ours and people we follow just playing Spider-Man 2 saying they haven't done anything else. So I expect a large, like, not it's not going to make $50 million second weekend, but I expect, like, a large number of people who would have seen it this weekend were busy playing Spider-Man 2, and so they're going to get into it this weekend. So I think Killers of the Flower Moon is going to have a good, a good holdover next week. There's sort of a, a fun marketing trend with Killers in the Taylor uh-huh. Swift Eras Tour movie coming out. Because remember when Oppenheimer came out, the marketing, obviously we talked about so much how it was just this organic campaign that just I don't know what fire. you're talking about. So then people are using the same kind of memes for the film bros watching a Scorsese picture, and then the theater blows up <laughs> as they're listening to the Taylor Swift Eras Tour next door. Like, stuff like that's that. That's funny, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> or like... Swifties as they approach and, and stand next to the Kills of the Flower Moon or Martin Scorsese fans in theaters. And it's just like the Scorsese fans are like dead faced. And the Taylor <laughs> Swift fans are like, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Doesn't have quite the same. Not the same pull. Fire. But it's yeah. still kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. In third place, we have The Exorcist Believer or Exorcist the Believer, whatever they call it. The Exorcist that Believer. The Exorcist yeah. Believer. It's a weird title. It shouldn't be. I don't. I, it's weird. Everything. <laughs> it, has a, it has a two point rating on Letterboxd. <laughs> and it has. And it pulled in another five point one million. Jeez, Louise, Paw Patrol, those cutie pies who became superheroes. Five million dollars at the box office. And then Disney re released 
The Nightmare Before Christmas, it made $4.5 million at the box office. Nice. Very That's good. awesome. Very good. Then we have Saw X holding $3.6 million. I want to show you a movie. However, it's been kind of a dud in domestic release with only $47 million um, box office in North America. I would not call that a dud. That I guess. Bu- that budget was like $10 million, bro. They made it for $50. It's a fucking profit as hell. I get, okay, all right. I, I don't a- know. I was expecting because it's a big franchise. I guess it's not as big as I thought it was. Like They, they don't really make... They don't make Boat a ton. Loads. The thing with it is yeah. Twisted Pictures. That's the production company behind Saw, right? That's James Wan's company. Yeah. So they've literally only made Saw movies. That's how that company just survives off these movies, and they're all profitable. Yeah. This pulled a huge profit. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. over it's profitable. It's at like yeah. eighty million dollars global, but it was a $10, 50 million dollar budget, man. All right. Yeah, you're right. I just it, I never realized the franchise never. It's not like a huge grosser. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. None of the films. It's not pulling two hundred million. But they all profit though. Very profitable franchise. I mean, they made ten. They're still going. And however, Saw X did make more than the creator. Again, the creator's in seventh place with $2.7 million with a domestic total of $36 million. Probably has a couple more weeks left with this kind of track record. So expect the creator to top out with about 40 to $45 million. Probably be on Disney Plus or Hulu in the next month or so. Yes, it will. Probably. It's, it's, well, speaking of, well, get real quick. Leo Bloody, Bloody, Bloody Sweat. Came in eighth place with two point four million. I want to see this. What is that? It's an it's a Bollywood action movie, like in the vein of RRR kind of. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. And then a haunting in Venice. Kenneth Branagh's film is in ninth place with one point two million. Uh, total domestic gross of forty one million dollars. So that's um pretty good for that movie. So that's good for that. But yeah. saw X pulls in forty seven. Anthony, it's not good enough for you. It's not. Well, I don't know. I was hunting in Venice. It's the tenth one. I was expecting it to pull in like a hundred mil. Ven- hunting in Venice was like eighty million dollar budget, but apparently, apparently, it's forty million dollar budget. So, th- so Saw X is way more profitable. No, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm saying it's impressive for a hunting in Venice movie to make that much. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just busting your chops. <laughs> really? Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't know why you don't like Jigsaw and but, Billy. Yeah, but speaking of uh, the creator being put on streaming soon, The Nun Two is actually still in theaters, and Max just put it on their app. For streaming for free, so you can see it in theaters or at home if you have the max. That's app. the move because it's pulling in less than a million every weekend now. So why not do both? They wanted to catch spooky season, so I think it's already their most watched movie on the platform in a couple of days. I think they all knew that Five Nights at Freddy's gonna kind of take over the box office this upcoming weekend because oh, yeah. that releases this upcoming weekend, right? The twenty seventh. So that's right before Halloween. So I think that's gonna destroy the box office. I think. The, the projections were at like 30, 40 million. It's going right? to slice up the box. And we made a clip. It, went, it got a million views. Not bad. Yeah. This is our first million view clip in like a year. I guess we're out of jail. <laughs> no. We're out of TikTok we're jail? We're not out of TikTok jail. We're that used to, be the, we used to be every, oh, look, another clip with a million oh, dollars. Only 800,000. That's okay, I guess. Now it's like we have one. We're like, whoa, what's going we're on? We're like desperate for 50K. <laughs> oh, my God. I need those views, baby. <laughs> I need those views. But. We're very lucky to have a big TikTok audience. It's Absolutely. Great. Now, let's get into the news. And first, we're going to give you an update on the SAG after strike, which is continuing after officially 100 days on strike. So, SAG dropped their demand from 2% to 1% for the AMT PTP. However, they turned it down and they have left the negotiating tables for now. SAG has also asked members not to dress as Halloween costumes of movies and characters from struck companies and posted on social media. Instead, they encourage costumes inspired by generalized characters such as spiders, ghosts, and zombies. I'm going to be a spider. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck dresses as a spider for Halloween? Bro, I'm going to be Ken. 
Yeah. You can either everyone's gonna be Spider Man, not Spider. Now this applies to adult members only. If you're not in SAG, wear whatever the hell yeah. you want. And even if you are in SAG, your kids can still whatever. They can be Iron Man if they want. So it's no big deal if your kids want to dress up as it. So it's pretty interesting. So you can dress up as Elvis, played by Jacob Elordi and Priscilla. However, you cannot be Elvis, played by Austin Butler and Elvis. And former SAG president was quoted saying. Do you really think this kind of infantile stuff is going to end the strike? We look like a joke. Please tell me you're going to make this rule go away and go negotiate. This is the kind of silly BS that keeps us on strike. I understand both perspectives, but, I mean, do you think they're taking it a little too far? Like, you can't dress as Barbie and Ken and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, even Ryan Reynolds made fun of it on his Instagram. It's kind of – it's a little bit much because it's Halloween. I mean – Dress up as a spider. You're not taking jobs away from anyone by dressing up as a Halloween costume. Yeah, I get it. Especially if you're in SAG, do whatever you want. But the rest of us, we're not in SAG. Yeah, for example, we were asked on Twitter, someone asked us, is it okay for us to release our short film and to promote it? And it's like, this is a a short film independently made and produced. There's nothing to do with any unions whatsoever. We're not part of the union. Very independent project. It's totally fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with us posting our film and promoting it online. A24 is still making movies. Yeah, like if- Lionsgate's still making movies because yeah. they they met the SAG and WGA requirements as well as many other companies. So there are films that are actually getting made right now. Yeah, million-dollar films, not, yeah. let alone our $20,000 <laughs> indie. <laughs> but I understand if some people want to, you know, show solidarity and not dress yeah. as those characters and dress as a ghoul or a spider or a zombie. Yeah, be a spider, man. Which are solid costumes. I'm going to dress as Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Now, SAG-AFTRA's <laughs> streaming revenue share proposal would only cost these companies less than 57 cents per subscriber each year. And also remember, all these studios, not only have they reje- rejected this proposal, but they've also increased all of their subscription fees, by, every one of them. By several dollars. Several yeah. dollars every single month. I mean, what? Hulu went from like 10 to 18. It's at 20. It's not 19.99 now. Ne- Netflix has one that went up to $18 as well. For the minimum, yeah. For no Disney ads. Plus is up. It's crazy. They, Max went up a little bit. They all jumped up. Max is at um 20 bucks for, for Max. And, and now, then 25 for the the higher streaming quality on Max. They have such good movies, though. And studios still refuse to protect actors from being replaced by AI with these contract and no- negotiations and demand use of a performance digital replica for an entire cinematic universe or franchise. And then George Clooney, Ben Affleck, and other A-listers made a proposal of giving $150 million to SAG to end the strike, but they were turned down. They got yeah. turned down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good idea, but their idea was to be like, let's just pay let's just give money so that actors can get what they want for money but let's get back to work i think was their intention 
but the SAG leadership were like, no, we're not going to accept this. We want the rules to change first. So uh, I understand what they were doing. It wasn't going to solve the issues with the studios. It was just going to be like a Band-Aid over it. Yeah. So I understand that the the approach and, you know, they want Hollywood to get back up and running again. But SAG was like, we're not just going to take some money and let the studios continue what they're doing. We want to change the rules, basically. So, they all got movies coming on. They yeah. want to keep working. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. It's lasted this long. They can't, just give them, they can't give them 1%. It's crazy. 57 cents per subscriber. And they just... For they everyone just, in SAG. And like... They it's just, not like it's per member of SAG. Yeah. The entirety of SAG to get 57, 57 cents split up. And they just raised the prices of every platform. So... And they raised them by like five bucks each. So it doesn't make any sense. Like you could easily pay the actors based upon your price hikes. I really hope it gets solved soon. These people deserve to get paid. And I, you know, I, I selfishly want new movies to come out. You just want Dune 2 to come out. <laughs> I do just want Dune 2 to come out. <laughs> All right, let's get into some news. Empire Magazine released a cover story for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And it includes exclusive images. And the film is being described as a buddy comedy with a retro 60s horror inspired aesthetic i think the trailer looked like a lot of fun i wasn't i'm not a big fan of aquaman the film but this one looks really cool i like the first one yeah. i liked it it's and right. it made a billion dollars so i'm just saying does that mean it's good it's a hit transformers dark of the moon made a billion dollars it's a that's the best movie ever made <laughs> of all time <laughs> what 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 are you laughing at <laughs> goaded i love transformers but no i'm, I'm excited to check this really? out how many transformers movies have you seen three what, what are they called Transformers 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Moving on. Busted. George Carmi's like rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> oh, so he has Transformers fan? I think he, he loves one of them, yeah. Uh -huh. I, think, I saw. I think the first one's good. I think he gave one of them five stars. Damn. A lot of people like Damn. them. There's very successful Oh, no, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, for what they are. I just, it's not my thing. It's not my cup of tea. Also, I've I like Pacific Rim better. I've seen the first two. I've seen the first three. Once Shia was gone, I think I watched some of the first one with Marky Mark, uh -huh. but I wasn't really into it. Interesting. So I haven't seen the last two, I don't think. Moving on to Disney live-action remakes. The studio is developing even more live-action adaptations of animated films like Tarzan, The Princess and the Frog, Frozen, and Tangled, of course. They're going to make a live-action Frozen? Yes, and Princess and the Frog. But why? It's such a hit as an animated movie. That's It's not like an old one. Because they could get another hit! But it's not like a Disney classic. <laughs> it's just like a new movie. It's a modern classic. Yeah. yeah the well, first one. I guess. Yeah, it's almost 20 years old, man. No, it's... Nah. Yeah. 2008? 2006? Well, they made another one, like, not yeah. that long ago. Yeah, but it's a modern classic. I don't want a live-action Frozen. Are you a big fan of Frozen? I've seen the first one, like, 20 <laughs> times, dude. Annabelle. You weren't doing it by choice. Well, I still it see was it. as a babysitter of a, a young girl. They're great. It's great. Frozen was put on. It's a good movie. <laughs> I know. It's a good movie. It's a banger, I'm not dude. saying it's bad, the but music, I think... Have you ever heard the music? It's really good. I've never heard of the, <laughs> any of the songs from Frozen ever. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, Tarzan... They They've just, already done Tarzan so many times, is the thing. Well, I think Sony did the last Tarzan that David Yates made. Okay, with uh, Skarsgård. Yeah, it was Skarsgård and Marco Robbie and Sam Jackson. So they this have, will be an adaptation of the Disney animated. Film. It's interesting how many characters Sony and Disney share. I like, know uh, that's a public public domain. I believe Tarzan was written a long time ago. Edgar Rice Burroughs oh, wrote shit, it you're in right. like the 1912 or something. All right, so it's, it's, really different, it's different than Spider Man and, and the uh, shared custody exactly. they have over Tom Holland right now. Yeah. It's like a divorce. And they're trying to like we get him on weekends. We get him during the week. <laughs> <laughs> the, the writer of Tarzan actually wrote John Carter of Mars. That's right. That book, Princess of Mars. Same writer. It's Very a good cool. book. 
It's a good book, but um, it's a good guy. It's a good guy. <laughs> it's the ugliest fucking guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but man, I, this is just what they're doing. I mean, they've already done several this past ten years, so it's just expect more. And then we have Snow because Snow White's coming out this upcoming year, twenty twenty four. Oh, it's coming out twenty twenty four. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we haven't seen a trailer. Yet, still, it's we? in post right now. They filmed uh-huh. it. They finished filming. Like a month or two ago. I'm really curious to see the reaction Me with too. that trailer. <laughs> I saw some <laughs> of the set photos. <laughs> I, the firestorm that Snow White is about to endure next year is it's going to be... We're going to see... Oh, thanks for the candles. I forgot to turn the candles on. We're going to see the trailer probably this winter, I would guess. They're going to... No, this upcoming week. This week they're dropping the trailer? That's the rumors. Next week the trailer's going to drop. Was there a big Disney movie coming out that they're going to use it as a promotional for? I wonder. What, besides Snow White? No, no, yeah, is there like a Disney release that they're going to slap the trailer on? Maybe, who knows? Yeah. I'm not sure. Moving on to Avatar, the last airbender news. The live-action Netflix adaptation set to be released in 2024. Last month, they released some images of Aang and company. And this week, Netflix released images of the characters of the Fire Nation. It looks pretty good. So we got images of Uncle Iro, Prince Zuku, Princess Azula, Fire Lord Ozai, and then Admiral Zhao. I will say, I like these images better than the Water Nation's images. The costumes look great. However, the image of Princess Azula looks like it's fucking AI generated. It does. I thought it was. It, like, if you look at the clothing, in her arm especially, like her, the clothing, there's absolutely no texture to it. Like those AI generated images. I think that they did that with her image because if you compare it to the other images they're clearly photographs but the azula image looks like it's fucking ai i thought it was AI when i first saw it that's why i didn't know if they were real stills stills because i saw hers yeah. and i was like is this ai but then the zuko image is kind of low res that's definitely real and then the princess the the uncle Iro is definitely a photograph uh fire lord's definitely real and admiral Zhao emerald Zhao is definitely a real image the princess azula one her clothing is 100 percent ai because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing up. that they didn't like the costume, and then they AI generated a new look for her and it's put her face on it. Absolutely AI, hundred percent, right? It's absolutely. It's like it's look at the texture. There's it's it's it looks just like an AI generated image, but they think they put the actress's face on it. I think I agree with you because it, it looks completely fake. It looks completely fake. Look at her arm. There's like the in the way the shape of her arm. It's not quite right. How AI is it's uncanny valley. How AI gets it close, but they get AI gets little things wrong um, with with an image. The it way could it could be that, or it could be heavily airbrushed. But it looks like an AI. It image. looks like it doesn't even look airbrushed. And if you compare it to the other images, which are clearly just on set photos, this one is like an out. It just stands out for screams AI. It's, I think that maybe they didn't like the costuming, so they AI'd a new costume on her. That's my guess. It looks like it. It looks pretty odd. Yeah, and um, I mean the cast of this cast looks list looks great. Uncle Iro looks like he's perfectly cast. So does the Fire Lord. I will say Azula, the actress looks way too young because Azula is supposed to be very formidable, uh, very dominating, absolute badass, and a very strong leader, but very intimidating in a way. And she bullies Zuko all the time. It just she seems like too much of a kid in this image. Maybe the performance will showcase those characteristics and those traits, but I was I was hoping for Azula to be a little bit older to really get a sense for that character. She looks like a, too much of like a, a teen, like a preteen. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, how many seasons? Three seasons. They're gonna make three seasons of this, so maybe they want someone that's like on the cusp of like getting a little older. Yeah, well, none of them are adults in the show. 
Um, they're teens and late teens. Yeah. But, I mean, they should have gone with someone who maybe was 17, 18 years old and cast them as, like, a 15-year-old. Dude, I can't stop looking at the wardrobe. It looks so fake. It looks it's fake as flat. hell, man. Yeah. Like, she she has her cloth wardrobe underneath, like, two robes, then armor on top. Yeah. But it all looks just like a flat image. But it has that same color palette in tone that AI images have. You know what I mean? Oh, you can see the line from the AI generation. You can see it? You can see, like, you know how AI creates a line? Yeah. Because we do a lot of it. So right below her neck, here, I'm going to toss my phone to you. You can see the skin tone of her skin Oh, change. my God, it's so there. We, we actually it's use, across her shoulder. Yeah, we actually use AI to expand images for when we make thumbnails. It's actually a very useful tool. And it makes it leaves this kind of line and slight different coloration of whatever you're expanding. Holy sh- You can see it across the shoulder armor, too. Yeah, it's 100% AI image. It's so AI, man. Unre- yeah, they AI'd her clothing. That's what it was. Ooh, Ooh, sorry. It's all good. These are strong mics. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, there's no photo of her to use? That's crazy. All right. I think it's actually a, an AI image as well. All right, moving on to... <laughs> we have a JFK assassin, assassination movie in the works. So this got announced a couple months ago with Al Pacino in the cast as the lead role. And it's going to be directed now by Barry Levinson. So assassination which is what the film is called offers a speculative retelling of the assassination of the 35th u.s president john f kennedy from the perspective of the mob in this version of the tale kennedy's death long since one of the most conspiracy-laden events in american history is reimagined as a premeditated hit orchestrated by chicago mob linchpin sam Giancana, an act of revenge for jfk's undermining of the same mob who helped bolster his election campaign if any of this rings familiar, it'll probably be because Kenny's mob ties form one of the many conspiratorial plot threads of Oliver Stone's seminal JFK, which is a documentary he released a couple of years ago. Pacino is aboard to play senior mob boss Tony Accardo, whilst Viggo Mortensen, Shia LaBeouf, John Travolta, and Courtney Love are all set to help bring uh, Mamet's screenplay to life. Oh, Robert David Mamet. Mamet. David Mamet, I'm sorry. The project, which also boasts There Will Be Blood and Nightcrawler DP, Robert Elswit, amongst its crew, is hoping to start filming next year. We also got uh, hints of this in the Irishman uh, people, Irishmen. Irish-Americans were talking about how JFK, he's going to remember the people who who won him the election in terms of the mob, the Irish mob helping him get votes amongst Irish citizens. Um, and then they were all pissed about him basically uh, turning his back on them. Yeah, there's also a reference in The, in the Departed to not like the mob helping JFK, but in the opening. Uh, we got an Irishman in the White no, House. No, we had one in the—we we got the White House. Yeah, we got the It was a House. reference to JFK yeah. in the White House, mm-hmm. the first time an Irishman was president. We never had an Italian president, by so, the way. Sounds, really? Never, never. Never have. That makes a lot of sense, though. Nobody liked Italians when for they a moved very here. long time. Yeah. Very long time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Lots of prejudice against Italians. Prejudice against Italians in this day and age. Day and age. I'm we... trying to beg this broad. Can you help me out, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> Good fellows reference. I don't know what happened. He said he really liked you. <laughs> <laughs> As he's eating. <laughs> Look, I love Tommy. <laughs> All right, you next. got some nerves to me up, Mister. <laughs> Who, Who do you think, think you are, Frankie Valley? <laughs> Next up, James McAvoy is set to make his directorial debut with a Scottish musical about Syllabill and Brains, a Scottish hip-hop duo consisting of Gavin Bain and Billy Boyd. Not to be confused with Scottish actor Billy Boyd for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Who's he? For Mary. Mary yeah. Yeah. 
They are best known for masquerading as American rappers from California to secure a record deal in Scotland, a story which formed the basis of Bane's 2010 memoir, California Scheming, later reprinted as Straight Out of Scotland, <laughs> and was adapted into the documentary film The Great Hip Hop Hoax. Sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a cool comedy. Yeah, I, it sounds it sounds great. I'm really interested in this story. I never heard of it before until I read this article. I love McAvoy making a Scottish film. You know? Yeah, I mean that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, obviously we talk about it often how a lot of actors and actresses are starting to become directors and helming their own projects. But I think this is cool because he's doing it from where he's from. Mm -hmm. A story about his home. Yeah, pretty cool. The Boy and the Heron. We got some news. This movie's coming out uh, publicly very soon. It's getting some early screenings in the U.S. right now. It's also getting an insane. English-speaking dub cast for voiceover work. We have Christian Bale, Florence Pugh, Robert Pattinson, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, Mark Hamill, Willem Dafoe, and many others will do be doing the voice for English-speaking in this version. Yeah, uh, Karen Fukuhara from The Boys as well. Yeah, and then uh, I think Tony Revolori oh, cool. is in it as well. Nice. And Christian Bale previously voiced uh, Howl in Howl's Moving mm -hmm. Castle. So he's worked with the studio before. Pretty cool stuff. It's a huge. This is an awesome cast. Christian Bale's huge in China. Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he in, made in that Japan, Chinese movie. In Japan, that's yeah. right. What was it? The he's, so he plays uh, an an American in China during um, the Civil War, and he poses as a priest at a church to basically save his own neck, and then he ends up protecting the woman inside the church from soldiers. Um, pretending to be this priest. The it's Flowers a, of War. Flowers of War. It's really great. Yeah. Um, but he's really big in the Asian market, so it makes sense. Like, fucking Batman, dude. He's, yeah, he's Batman. He's Christian Bale. <laughs> he's the fucking man. He's awesome. I'm sure, I mean, he's huge in Japan from How's Moving Castle, so they love him out there. Next up, we have a couple of TV series getting renewals. The Bear got renewed for season three, obviously, and Gen V obviously. got renewed for a second season, which has been a hit. And we are going to watch Gen V once it's over and then do an episode on it. We're going to get on it, we promise. Yeah, we're going to do a full season review. We know a lot of y'all have been watching it and are loving it. And we love the boys. And have heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. All right, let's get into the trailers. We got nine... Huge trailer releases. Some of them are new trailers for teasers that we've already seen in the past earlier this year. And some of them are brand new trailers. But let's start off with Napoleon. It got its final trailer before release. It's epic. It shows a lot more of Joaquin in the role as well as more of the epic battles. I think it looks absolutely phenomenal. And we get to see a look at the relationship between him and his love, Josephine looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, I cannot wait. Then we got a new trailer for Ferrari. Looks epic. Lots of great new cinematography we haven't seen from the teasers and photos. Cannot wait to check this out. We're huge fans of Michael Mann. The cast is awesome. Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz leading this film as well as Benny Safdie's in this movie as well. He's all over the place. He's killing it, man. He's in like every fucking movie. <laughs> Legit. The, the cars, he looks awesome as well. I mm -hmm. love his I love his design in the cars. He's got like the long hair and goatee. Mm -hmm. Pretty Leather funny. pants. <laughs> Next up, The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazer's new feature film. I think it might be his first feature since Under the Skin. He's made a bunch of shorts and stuff, uh, but he's a really fantastic director. The Zone of Interest is getting rave reviews uh, in the on the festival market. It's at an 8.1 on IMDb so far, and it's about the family whose uh, patriarch, the, the husband and father, is running uh, a concentration camp. Uh, for the Nazis, and then he and his family have cultivated a, a home just outside that property and are have tried to create some kind of semblance of normalcy, uh, and it show, showcases the contradiction of the perfect family home with 
right next door to a concentration camp. And it's got a really interesting poster. The poster is just an image of like the backyard in the house. And it's like pristine, beautiful, very homey quality. And then it's everything else above the house. It's just black. And it says the zone of um, the zone of interest. So it's basically showcasing like it's like this little peaceful home um, within this amount, huge amount of darkness. It's just a great poster. Yeah, I retweeted it. I said it had Parasite vibes. Yeah, but it looks fantastic. It does. I can't wait. It's an excellent poster as well. Next, we had The Boys in the Boat, which is George Clooney's latest film. It's during the height of the Great Depression. Members of the rowing team at the University of Washington get thrust into the spotlight as they compete for gold at the 1936 Olympics, which were held by Nazi Germany in Berlin, by the way. Nazis are hot this year in this Oscar season. N- Nazis are in a lot of movies. Yeah, I mean, off. I mean, it's a big Oscar bait theme. Oscar bait, but also historical films. Yeah. There's quite a few, yeah. as well as allegory in many, many movies. But the trailer looks great. Um, Joel Edgerton plays the coach of the team, and he's fantastic. And then uh, Callum Turner, Calum Turner, Calum, yeah. who plays Newt's brother in Fantastic Beasts. We can never remember his name. It's just Newt's brother. <laughs> Newt's brother, <laughs> Calum Turner. He's having a big year because he's in Masters of the Air as well. It's true. Yeah, that movie, so I can't wait to see that movie. He's going to blow up. He's a really good actor. And, um, I mean, George Clooney's awesome. It looks, the cinematography looks great. Fun story. I love underdog. Super fun story. I love underdog <laughs> stories. True. I, I love sports dramas when they're well done. Plus the backdrop of the 1936 Olympics yeah. is really interesting. So, next up, we got the worst trailer of the week <laughs> without, by a log shot. Anyone But You, starring Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. We were joking about this film last week when the, the trailer was illegally uh, put on TikTok, and then we just we found it there. But they finally officially released it. And now the whole world can see how dumb this movie looks. <laughs> it does not look good. Zero chemistry is seen in this trailer. It does not look good. Quite wooden line delivery. And, yeah, it's just this couple that these, – these two – very attractive people who are, have to pretend like they don't like each other. But they, they don't like each other, but they have to pretend they're in a relationship yeah. for a wedding. Yeah. Riveting. Great. Yeah. Riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to one of my favorite trailers of the week. Been waiting for one of, for this film to drop. So we got our trailer for American Fiction, which stars Jeffrey Wright. This movie looks excellent. It's about hypocrisy. So a quick synopsis. Monk, played by Jeffrey Wright, is a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment that profits from black entertainment that relies on tired, inoffensive tropes. To prove his point, he uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. So he plays this author who's been trying to sell books for years. He's a good author. He's a black author, but the publishing companies don't want his books because they want a more more profitable black story according to them and it shows the hypocrisy of a lot of entertainment these days of what they're pushing out there the media just pushing the stereotypes of a culture yeah and he goes to his agent his agent's like they want black books he's like i'm a black author i wrote this book it's a black book they're like that's not what they mean (laughs) but it's a great trailer this movie looks awesome because it shows so much hypocrisy out there it's really funny and i thought it was a really fantastic trailer i'm actually looking forward to it it got a lot of attention at the festival it, it showed at and after that, I was, like, really intrigued. And I just love Jeffrey Wright, too. He's a fantastic actor. It has that tone of, what was it last year? The um, Woody Harrelson is the captain on the ship. Oh, Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. It yeah. has a similar yeah. kind of dark humor tone. I like it. Yeah, and I, I was, I, was inter- I didn't know what the trailer really was about at first. But then mm-hmm. once it starts going, you're like, this is pretty genius. Yeah. Next up, a new trailer was released for Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos' new film with Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, and many other great actors. 
I actually did not watch it because I don't want it to be spoiled for me. Me neither, dude. Yeah. But if you want to watch it, it's out there. It's out there in the ether. I don't know what what's in it, but I, I want to... Because I I've saw enough in the first trailer where I'm like, already, I'm already like going to see this movie. So I don't want to give anything more away for myself. Next up, we got a new trailer for Saltburn, which is a hotly anticipated film starring Jacob Elordi, Barry Keoghan, as well as Rosamund Pike. And it looks really interesting. Great cinematography, great, great production design. I'll watch anything that Barry Keoghan's in. So I think a lot of people are jacked up about this film. Uh, Carrie Mulligan's in it as well. And Allison Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Carrie Mulligan is in it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into some miscellaneous news. So what's this Martin Scorsese? Oh, discussing his next film, The Wager. So first of all, the issue is now that the writer's strike is over. And because so... Much as on me to go out there and... Okay, so I'm quoting Scorsese. You're a terrible here. reader. Well, you didn't have quotations. First of all. The, you didn't, you didn't have it, quotes. Well, I could have gotten, I could have done it if you didn't if you jump had, in. If you had done quotations. You could have let me do it. All right, you know, why don't you do it, Anthony? So, Martin Scorsese has discussed his next film, The Wager, saying, <laughs> first of all, the issue is now that the writer's strike is over and because so much is on me to go out there and spread the word about Killers of the Flower Moon, let me take a breath and we'll get working with the writers and see if we can get it on the page. And maybe... It's something I could co-direct, so to speak. It'll be difficult to shoot a movie out on the water, but there are ways now with certain technical things we could do to make it bearable. Depending on how we get the script together, I'm, sh I'm not sure if Leo will play Lieutenant Byron or the crazy captain. There's a lot of good parts. This is less than 100% until I have the script. That's the case. That's normal. Like, for example, I don't think we should have... We would have done Killers if we hadn't made that change. So what's interesting is that he is basically saying in multiple collaborations with DiCaprio, it's the story isn't set in stone from like, they don't have a finished script and they don't really sometimes have a full idea of what DiCaprio is doing. Killers is an example of the first right, the first screenplay draft was him playing a completely different character, and then they evolved the script into something else uh, that we got for the feature for the feature film adaptation, and so this is probably. A pretty normal process for the pair of them working together where, you know, they're just going to try and find the story uh, through the source material. Nice. So next up, we have Ridley Scott reacted to Fede Alvarez's Alien movie. So during a recent panel at the DGA Latino Summit with Guillermo del Toro, the director of Alien Romulus revealed Scott's reaction to the material he sent him. This is all via comicbook.com. So we're quoting Fede. So I was like, there's no way I win with this one. I was going to go there and sit at a table and look at him and get it. Fede, what can I say? It's fucking great for me. It's like my family knows it was one of the best moments of my life to have a master like him who I admired so much to even watch a movie I made, but particularly something like this. To talk to me for an hour about what he liked about it, one of the best compliments he said was, the dialogue is great. Are you the writer? Yes. So it's fucking great. Dialogue is great. Did Ridley not know he wrote it? <laughs> I guess not. I, guess so. I think we just found out how a lot of these – well, I mean, he's just an EP, yeah. right? I don't think he's a producer on it. He's just uh... – from creating the first film, he gets EP credit on yeah, all, on all. Yeah, of them. so he's probably like, yeah, whatever, do it. He's probably like, I'm done with that franchise. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Fox, do whatever you want. Fox. Everyone hated Alien Covenant. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I like Alien Covenant, but Fede's great. I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. Yeah, I mean, don't. And breathe. you know, Ridley is a very honest person. He, if he doesn't like something, he'll tell people. Like he said, he he liked Blade Runner 2049, but he did say it was too long. Mm -hmm. Not that he didn't like it, he he loved it. I'm sure. So and he's honest about his own work. Um, so I think Ridley, he, he actually even just came out saying that he didn't like Top Gun Maverick, but I didn't, yeah, he, I didn't, he didn't say he didn't like, he said he liked the original better. Well, it's cause I mean, his brother made it. Yeah. That's what he I said. Think, I think that Top Gun is the sore spot for him because 
His brothers passed on, and these other people made his film a sequel. You know, I think that he kind of has like a sore spot about it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have liked it anyways. Yeah, so, but he's a brutally honest person, so this is actually, I believe this. If he says it's great, it's going to be great. Yeah, pretty excited about it. And final bit of news on a sadder note. Burt Young passed away at the age of 83. Now, Burt Young obviously played Rocky. I mean, Paulie played Paulie in the Rocky <laughs> franchise. And he was an Oscar nominee. He was also in Chinatown, another yeah, bunch best of picture nominee. Yeah. So, Burt Young was a, you know, he's a legend. Everyone, he was great in every movie. Everyone knows him. him. Yeah. You recognize him from. Hey, Paulie. Yeah, it's very sad. Wow. And he was in, I think, every Rocky movie. He was in all of them Every until, one. yeah, he wasn't in the Creeds, yeah, he but he was in, in all the Rocky ones. He's still acting, too. He's in some other stuff. He was great in every movie he was in. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's great a, character He was a boxer actor. in his youth, too. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, when he was, like, in his 20s. Oh, wow. Well. So sad news. But that wraps movie news from this week. We had so much to talk about. We're so excited for you all to check out our new episodes, though, because on Monday... We're dropping an episode on Killers of the Flower Moon. Again, it's going to be spoiler-free for the first 30 minutes. So don't worry. You can tune in. We just talk about the film in general and some background on it. And then we obviously give you a warning of spoilers. So if you haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet, you can check out the episode. But if you haven't seen it yet, go, go to theaters and see this movie. Yeah. It's incredible. Not to mention last week for great episodes, we had a Stephen King adaptation episode as oh, well yeah. as we did – what else did we do? The Town The kid. Town guy. The Town. It was the so town. much fun. And then after Killers of the Flower Moon, on Wednesday, we're doing an episode on Universal's monsters. We're going to talk about the contemporary ones like The Mummy and The Invisible Man, as well as The Dark Universe, why it failed. Not to mention, we'll be talking about the classics like Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man from 1933. Dracula. Dracula Wolfman. All of those. The Creature, Creature from, from Black, Black Lagoon. Lagoon. So it was a great kind of fun episode just talking about this entire last 90 years, 800 years of Universal's horror cinema. We also ranked uh, the classic monster movies, best 10. It's a fun list. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you can't recommend checking that out enough because it was a blast to do. All right. See you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. I didn't really like that. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks. No. See you next time. Yeah, you good? <laughs> Is that what you're going to use? I'm happy. All right, you're happy now? Bye. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.